Hey, this is the Dear Next Gen podcast brought to you by Montage. We're all about bridging generational gaps through events, stories, and conversations about real stuff. Sit back, enjoy this episode, and don't forget, your younger self would be proud of you. Now, we present you your host, Cece. Hello, and welcome back to the Dear Next Gen podcast. I'm excited to have a guest with you that we have been digital friends for a long time, and now we get to chat in real life. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation. And yeah, we were saying earlier, I feel like we've been chatting here, there, and everywhere for a while now. So it's nice Mm -hmm. to chat as much as in real life as possible as this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sit down, have a real conversation. I'm going to start by asking you the question we ask everybody. What advice would you give your high school or your younger self? Yeah, I was definitely thinking about this quite a bit um, because high school has definitely been quite some time ago, I feel like. Um, but I would probably say that there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and that everything you are working towards will make sense one day. I feel like in high school, at least like here in Canada where I live in Ontario, like you have to, I feel like it's so young when we have to decide exactly like what career we want to get into because we're applying mm-hmm. to university or college. And honestly, in high school, I I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So I feel like it's okay to just kind of go with what you feel like is your strong suit and kind of just like let everything else flow there. There's also so much time for you to start over. You'll learn so much and you'll eventually fall into what you are meant to do. And even now, Mm -hmm. like I'm 27 and I feel like there's probably still space for me to like continue growing and start over and make change. So I would just Mm -hmm. tell my younger self to, uh, Yeah, there's a light at the end of this tunnel and everything will make sense eventually. (laughs) Yeah, that is so needed to hear for people of all walks of life because, like you said, I think we're the exact same age. I'm also 27. And just before we even recorded, we were talking about, you know, new projects in the works that you're dreaming of or I'm dreaming of. And that's that's the same thing as like, oh, you don't we Mm -hmm. don't need to know fully what we're doing. And then things change and things adjust and you've publicly shared just kind of the different stage that you've been in uh, jumping from one kind of career to a more specific like freelance like lifestyle what has that looked like for you because that's something that when you were 17 you probably weren't writing down like this is my business name this is what I'm going to do and this is the path I'm going to take to get there yeah tell us a bit more about where you were and where you are now Yeah, no, I definitely didn't really think I would be here, to be honest. Um, However, I do like looking back and thinking about my younger self, I've definitely always kind of had like a leadership bone in me. Mm -hmm. And I was always the type of person who would try to take full control of like the school projects, like when you're working with a team and things like that. I was like, guys, don't worry, I got this. Um, So I I guess deep down, like my inner child has always enjoyed like working for herself and like doing big projects and feeling like accomplished at the end of it, like knowing that I did it all Mm -hmm. or I did like most of it. Um, So I guess like transitioning into having my own business and working for myself, um, I guess looking back shouldn't be too surprising, but definitely the first 
few years in my career, I worked for other people and I learned a lot in terms of what I like um, in a workspace and what I don't like. And then also what I'm good at and what I enjoy the most Mm -hmm. out of what I'm doing. Um, So yeah, I, I was working in social media management for quite some time. And then I stumbled into influencer marketing at my last role. And it was it was for an apparel and footwear company. And then from there, I just decided to take a risk and transition again, just sticking in the same industry, but transitioning in the sense of, okay, I'm going to actually take a leap and work for myself mm-hmm. and see if that works out for me. And so far, so far, so things far are so good. good. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's interesting that you say that you learned what you were good at and also what you enjoyed because so much of maybe it's like the digital marketing space and I'm assuming it's the same in, you know, other fields. You kind of need to be in it to know, okay, what do I like? Because it might sound really great to think, okay, I love I love making social posts. Maybe I'll work in social media management or, you know, do engagement for brands. Or maybe I do like behind the scenes, like you said, you do outreach, you find Mm -hmm. creators, you talk to them, you set up timelines, contracts. That is so different than somebody who is writing the captions. And that is so different than somebody who wants to be in front of the camera every day making content as a content creator. So you definitely probably had to find out, okay, wait, I actually don't mind this. And I'm actually very good at this, like the community building side. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't love every single role that I was in, of course. And I decided that at the end of it, like once I went through the trial and error process of everything, but I think you really have to try things out and put your best foot forward in it in order for you to actually realize what it is that you enjoy doing. And I'm a strong believer that like, if you don't enjoy your job and you don't enjoy what you're doing, it work is going to feel a hundred times harder and work is work is majority of our day so I think it's really important to like find something out of it that you love and if you don't want to talk about work after work I feel like that's also a sign that Mm. it's not exciting and it's not fulfilling you yeah that is such an interesting topic to me because I have talked to friends who are terrified to look for another job, career, do the freelance leap. And I think I just have a complete different story. Like I jumped around job to job, like since high school and after, because I just, I don't know, the ADHD in me was like, I want to try this. I want to try this. I want to do this. But because I realized I'm so tired of this, I need to do something else. I need to do something on top of something else. But did you, like for you, was it really hard to go, okay, I have the stability of a job. Now I'm going to just do a leap and I'm in charge of if I make income or not every month? I personally was freelancing on top of my roles that I had previously, just because I Mm -hmm. guess similar to you, I kind of always wanted to have something else in the background that like excited me and was a little bit more refreshing and was, I was able to be creative with. Um, So in terms of finding clients and being able to balance different things all at once. I guess I was practicing that for a few years without even realizing that it would flourish into Mm. the job that I'm in right now. Um, But of course, like I did think about, okay, 
am I going to make money? When am I going to make money? And how am I going to make money after taking this leap? Because I really didn't, I didn't make a business plan. I didn't really think it through. It was just a breakthrough moment at my previous role where I just knew in that exact moment that it wasn't meant for me anymore. And I was only doing myself and the company a disservice by staying and being miserable because I wasn't able to put my best foot forward anymore. Um, So I kind of just took that leap and I figured it's now or never. Like there's no better time than now. So Mm -hmm. I took the leap. Um, I took some time to relax slash do research while I was relaxing. Um, And it really ended up just working out and falling into place the way it was meant to be. Mm -hmm. You, you talk about like, yeah, taking a break, but then also doing research. I, that's a really good example of what you're saying. If you are really passionate about something and you're not tired of it already, you will want to do that research, gather information and be fueled to create your own brand or whatever the project is. So definitely can see how that worked out for you and it's been really fun to watch just the clients that you have and the communities that you're building on behalf of brands can you speak a little bit on that side of it so the the background that I have is kind of similar but not in the sense of like the scale that you've done it and I've done a lot of contracts and things but I don't think that's the norm to talk about just the affiliate side the PR side the building a community on behalf of a brand and like doing a launch. You've worked with really cool brands and I get to also work with you through the brands that I love. But what is it like being on that side or like, what do you think people assume it is, but it's really not? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, just in general, going back to where I said you really have to love what you do. Building the communities is my favorite part of what I do. Mm -hmm. And it gives me the opportunity to meet so many different people and including yourself. Here we are because we met through one of my clients. Um, So it's really fun getting to meet different kinds of people. All my clients are kind of in different niches too, which Mm -hmm. makes it more exciting because I'm getting to learn so much about different types of audiences, different types of peoples, what, you know, just people I would have never imagined myself having conversations with because they're either across the world or their day-to-day doesn't look anything like mine. So Mm -hmm. that side of of like everything that I do, building community is my favorite part. But I guess on my end, what I think some people don't know is that there is a lot of, I guess, technical or like logistics when it comes to finding the right people for communities. I think it's really important as the person building the communities for these brands that you really understand what their message is, what their goals are, and, Mm -hmm. you know, who their actual audience and customer is, because you are now going to be selecting people to tell the story of the brand through social media. So you need to make sure that those people align with the brand perfectly. So it's not just an easy like scroll through Instagram or scroll through TikTok and find anybody (laughs) who's posting about anything. You really have to dive into all of their content, kind of take a look at like their old highlights and what Mm. their day-to-day looks like and who they seem to be as a person. Um, Because first and foremost, like I would never put someone in my client's community who I feel like is offensive or 
Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it doesn't have a kind bone in them and you can just tell through their content. So you want to make sure that you're finding the right people. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like a really big part of it where people might think it's just easy to find anybody, but really it's really diving in and trying to read people before actually having a conversation with them. Yeah. 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 That's cool. You're also on behalf of a brand, like you're saying, these clients, you've invested so much in the time of who are they looking for? What do they, what do they want? And if you're going to even do like a risk, I think it's fun to see brands who partner with somebody that was like, I was not expecting that, but you could tell that it was strategic that somebody Mm -hmm. like you has been there and was like, you know what? Like this, this athlete doesn't make sense if you think about it quickly, but they really like, you know, this kind of drink or they really like this kind of, you know, sock and our company has a sock that they could try and things like that. So I think it, it's hard to know what goes into it, but it's a great thing that there's people like you who specialize in it. Yeah, no, it's definitely a lot of fun. Sometimes it feels weird because I'm stalking so many people, especially like yeah. when I'm in my, in my city, if I'm working on a campaign in Toronto and then a few days later, I'm walking down the street and I, I'm like, oh, I know, I know your birthday, your dog's name and everything <laughs> because I just had to stalk your entire profile for yeah. a project, but you have no idea who I am. You have no idea. <laughs> so, Here's the face. <laughs> It is funny sometimes because, yeah, it's it comes down to that where I will end up seeing all these people in person or just casually walking down the street and I can't smile or wave or anything because they have no idea that I'm working <laughs> on a campaign and I'm about to cast them in something. Mm-hmm. You're like, you'll remember my name one day. One day I'll yeah. see you on the yeah. other side. Do you have any tips for somebody who is on the other side and, you know, they see creators and brands working together they want to get into that space or maybe they already are what is something that you kind of look out for you mentioned you know seeming kind showing your personality online what are some things that you have seen that made you go like a quick yes like I'm gonna reach out yeah I think that people who make it crystal clear on who they are and what they value authentically it are the people that I quickly add to a list when I'm putting together a campaign. So I would say just share the things that you actually enjoy, showcase your real life and the right brands will come to you or you'll be able to align yourself with the right brands that you love and use every single day. So I I do think authenticity is a big thing. And then just in general, if we're getting into like logistic things, just make sure that you're engaging with your community and you're building a real strong community around you because Mm -hmm. engagement is a super powerful metric that brands like to look at because of course they want to make sure if they are working with you, that your audience is actually going to care about what you're sharing and they will potentially purchase it. They will end up following the brand, whatever the case is. Um, Engagement is a super important thing to work towards as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a wave in and people who are interested in, in it, whether it's like monetary or they just, you know, I, who doesn't love free stuff that you actually use, right? So mm-hmm. it's exciting to to see a world where there's lots of opportunities for that. But I do know it could probably be intimidating to to start creating content with the intention of that. I heard somebody give good advice of like, start with your end goal. Like, do you want to be 
you know, do you want to do a collab with the brand, like a whole line with a the brand, then start doing things that make sense for that. Or do you want to start a podcast, start doing things that, that make sense. So then they come to you. Yeah, exactly. And if you're a smaller creator too, and you're starting out, if you are tagging the brands often and you're speaking highly of them and you're creating really cool content that will wow them, Mm-hmm. That's also a way to really showcase to the brands that you actually use yourself. Sorry, not users. You use the product in your day to day life, um, and it becomes an easy person to reach out to eventually when yeah. they are putting something together because you know that you know the product well or the items well, and you are an authentic type of partner that they can work with. It would make sense mm-hmm. for your audience to see that you are now officially working with a certain brand because they already know that you love the item. So that will also improve like the chance of your followers purchasing the items, Mm -hmm. which is helpful for brands. And then of course, if you are on a commission basis, it's helpful for you as well. So Mm -hmm. I would definitely tag the brands that you love and actually use. That's really good advice because even if they're not looking right away, somebody like you or somebody behind the brand on the social side is watching the content and there's been times like personally I have tagged a brand I love for like a year never heard anything you know like they just you know heart heart the comment or gets lost in the request and then literally two years later out of nowhere you get a random paid opportunity or just because they randomly had the budget or they they just were trying to think of somebody on the spot and you just showed up enough times that it works. Yeah. And I would say too, as a creator, don't just be discouraged if you are Mm. rejected. Sometimes it's just not the right time and right fit for what the brand is personally working towards. So for example, some of my brands are very focused on location because let's say we're growing in stores in an a specific location. So we want to build a community in that area. Mm-hmm. So just because I'm declining someone who maybe doesn't live in that area or their audience doesn't predominantly live in that area right now, doesn't mean that they're not a good fit. They just don't fit the budget and main goals that I have the to work goal. towards right now. Yeah. So I wouldn't get too upset when it comes to that. If you love a product and you love a brand, continue to use it in your real life, continue to share it organically where you want. Um, But don't be discouraged and think that now the brand is tainted because they didn't want to work with you that one time. There's a lot of stuff that happens in the back end that I guess a lot of people naturally wouldn't know about. So I would keep that in mind too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for being honest on (laughs) on what goes on in your space. Do you, okay, you've worked with cool brands and I feel like I'll probably just like mention them in the description or in our social media episodes. One of your clients, of course, that we love is Bloom, but are there any brands that you're like, this is my dream client one day? Oh my goodness. It's a hard question. Or like a certain industry that you're like, oh, I would love to be part of this brand's campaign yeah I mean right now I'm really lucky that I get to work with different types of brands right now I'm working with like health foods I'm working with apparel I'm working with Mm -hmm. lifestyle and I'm working with tech so it's kind of really exciting to see a mixture of all of those but um I mean if I were to look 
into my day-to-day and like brands that I actually use, which is how I decide what kinds of brands I'm going to pitch myself towards. Because if I don't love the brand or know anything about them, for the most part, I have a feeling that I'm not going to enjoy working for them and I won't feel as confident speaking on their behalf. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like Aritzia is definitely a brand that would be full circle for me just because I used to work like in store when I was in high school and university. So it'd be really cool to get to work with Aritzia uh, to support anything to do with marketing. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would be a dream. I really want to get into doing more events with brands. So doing more IRL experiences and activations. So whether that's with like current clients or other brands that just are looking for a one-off project Mm -hmm. for events that would be a lot of fun too but in terms of other brands I'm I'm having like a a brain fog but I'm sure after this I'm gonna (laughs) I'm sure after this I'm they're all gonna come to me and I will probably yeah I'll probably write them down and manifest it (laughs) yeah do it I feel like there's there's something powerful than just saying it to people and and mm-hmm. you never know what connections come out of just being honest about your mm-hmm. your ideas. I think in real life, activation planners are the future. And I obviously at Montage, we love doing in-person things. And sometimes I treat them like that. I'm like, if I were like, pretend I was, you know, a brand with sales, what would I do that was extra fun? And then I do see the brands who are thriving be intentional about doing similar things like everybody's name is on something or it's more than just let's fly all these influencers to this place it's let's do a local thing that is fun a yoga class things that make sense so you are definitely going to be very desirable in that (laughs) space yeah thank you yeah the last thing I just kind of want to talk about was you mentioned to me before recording that you were doing vocals you went to musical high school and now we know you worked in retail what did you do after high school is my question up until like where you are now because you and me both we've been out of high school what 10 years so what did you do leading up to getting your first kind of jobs in social media I and this is why it was a little scary for me to take a leap and not have work right away because I can't remember the last time I did not have a job because the second I turned 16, I (laughs) had a job and there were times that I had like two or three jobs at a time. Like I was a lifeguard for a million years. And then while I was a lifeguard, at some point I was also working at Aritzia while also balancing an internship. I don't know how I did it all to be entirely honest because I was like a student as well. So I mean, sometimes I give myself, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I give myself like an applause sometimes because of that. But I mean, after high school, I was in university. I was, yeah, balancing a few of those jobs at a time. And then I was also doing internships that suited the, I guess, the job that I thought I wanted to get into. I went to journalism school in university. So I did a balance of two different kinds of internships to really figure out what it was that I wanted. So one of my internships was at a PR agency where they did back then there honestly wasn't a lot of influencer marketing. So they didn't do much of that at the time. A lot of it was like magazines and like working with editors and things like that. 
And then I also interned at a magazine at one point as well to figure out, do I like marketing and PR a little Mm -hmm. bit more than journalism? And the answer was yes. So after that, I started as a social media manager at a company and then slowly ended up into influencer marketing at my last job. And then that's kind of where we, after that, this is where we landed. That's really, it's interesting, I think, to ask people that that kind of question because it can it can be intimidating and you can be hard on yourself if you see somebody else be really successful and have you know gets to work freelance gets to work with really cool brands and is you see you know you just see the final result but we weren't there the whole time when you were younger working multiple jobs like doing those internships so I like asking people that question just so you can get a glimpse of you know if I wanted to get into a direction that somebody else has been in, what helped them get there, or just a reality check that everything takes time and work. And like you said, with your advice, I feel like your advice just worked so well with your life story and where you are today. (laughs) So it's proof that it's real good advice. (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree with you. Nothing happens overnight. And if you are one of the lucky ones that you just land something, I hope that that is the job where you like learn the most out of because I honestly wouldn't be able to, you know, time manage. I wouldn't be able to speak for different brands and like adapt to their voice without having all these other jobs behind me mm-hmm. and other management styles that people, you know, managed me under and types of yeah. bosses. You really have to kind of learn all of that in order to actually work for yourself, in my opinion. I'm sure some people are born leaders. um, And I think there's like some of that in me, but I definitely had to learn certain things in order for me to have Mm -hmm. the full confidence to do what I'm doing right now. Yeah, definitely. You can, you can have some natural stuff in it, which I think you had, but just even having different bosses definitely makes you a different person because you're able to, to work with a team. Like you're alone, but you work with different team members. So it's Mm -hmm. crazy crazy how it all is important to experience before. Thank you so much for just sharing your story, your real talk and advice. Where can people find you online if they're looking for you? Yeah, no, thank you so much. Uh, My name is pretty much where you can find me everywhere on LinkedIn, Instagram. It's Adriana Parente. And if you wanted to check out the agency on Instagram, it's kitmedia.ca. You can follow along Kit's really cool. Just collaborations and projects you've been working on. We're really, really proud of you. And you're a role model to our community. So yeah, thanks for the behind the scenes stuff you've even done for me personally or for Montage just through your work. You definitely are a community builder. And yeah, if you guys have any questions, want to follow Adriana, I'll put everything linked in the show notes so we can connect with her there. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And I'm more than happy to chat with anyone if they're like confused about their career transition or Mm -hmm. if they're just, you know, going from high school to university and feels really stuck. I'm more than happy to have a conversation because I feel like I didn't have that many people to you know, chat with during those times. So I would love to give back in that way. Yeah. Oh, yes, it's true. Her emails, DMs are always open, guys. Always. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too.